We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. What is going on? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very much, as always, for locking in today. As always, man, I appreciate all you guys. Quick note before we get going, and this won't be a particularly long episode. I'm going solo today. I got a specific topic uh, that I want to cover this episode, this particular episode is going to be available only on the audio side. And I say this all the time, folks, make sure you're subscribed. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify or, you know, whatever audio platform that you enjoy your podcast on. Usually, especially of late, we've been doing a lot of these on the video side as well, putting them up on YouTube. However, today, uh, Got a, a video issue, so this is going to be audio only. And again, we do stuff on YouTube. Like we tape a lot of these episodes and we put full up episodes up. Uh, sometimes we put clips up and we're going to be doing some original content that you can only find on YouTube. We're going to be doing some live streams starting pretty soon. So by all means, make sure if you're on YouTube, you go to Talk Buffalo Podcast, subscribe to that as well because you'll get notifications when we put stuff out. But in terms of this podcast, if you want to make sure that you hear every single episode from start to end, the only way to do that is on the audio side. So again, Apple, Spotify, just make sure you do that. Uh, what I want to do today is spend a little bit of time talking about, now that the draft's over, I was waiting for the right time, and that time is post-draft. I wanted to take all 16 teams in the AFC, and I wanted to put them into different tiers. And of course, by tiers, I don't mean tears running down your cheek when you're watching a, a sad scene from This Is Us. I'm talking about like tiers is in good teams, bad teams. Six tiers, that's what I came up with. 16 teams, six tiers, obviously tier six being the worst, and then tier one being the cream of the crop. And one other note too, one disclaimer I should say, let me preface this by saying this is not a, a tiering of teams off seasons. This is a tier of, of teams right now, how I think they stand in comparison to each other in the conference. Now that the off season, for the most part, when it comes to player movement is over. I mean, there still might be a signing here or there or a deal, a couple guys get released. So, I mean, rosters will change a little bit, but for the most part, what you see right now with these teams is what you're going to get going into training camp this summer. I mean, you've had trades, you've had teams release players, obviously a whole bunch of free agent signings. And then of course the NFL draft, which was just last week, uh, which by the way, I'm, I'm not really going to talk specifically about the Bills draft today. Uh, Joe Yurden and I will we'll hit on some of it on Casual Friday. And then over the next handful of episodes, I'm sure I'm going to have some Bills media guests and I'll, and I'll get their take on that. And I'll also get their take 
their interpretation on how they think AFC teams should be tiered right now at this point. Today is my own personal ones. And like I said, over the next handful of episodes, when I have specific guests on, I'll, I'll, I'll see what they think about theirs as well. But anyway, so I got six tiers. And again, six obviously being the lowest tier and one being the highest tier. I got six tiers. Uh, tier six only has one team. Tier five is two. Uh, tier four has four. Tier three has four as well. Tier two has two. And then in the and then the top tier, I got three teams. Pretty self-explanatory. Let's just uh let's get this rolling. Again, I don't want to take up a lot of your time today. Um, so tier six, let's start there. And I only have one team right now, and that's the Houston Texans. I think they are uh they're a long way off from being good right now. You look at their offseason, they really didn't do much in free agency. They signed a corner, Steve Nelson, a guy, quite frankly, I would have liked to have seen him sign with the Bills. But anyway, they've added Steve Nelson. Uh, they added a running back, Marlon Mack. That's about it. I mean, they elected to stick with the quarterback, Davis Mills. I, I kind of feel bad for him in a way. I think he's a little bit of a, a sacrificial lamb because... I think the 2022 season for the Houston Texans is, is, is a punt. It's about next year and getting a top quarterback next year. Maybe Bryce Young. Maybe they end up with the top pick and maybe that becomes Bryce Young. But the quarterback class next year is significantly better. But anyways, I, I got Houston right there at the bottom. They had a good draft. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know. If it's a good draft, I, I guess that's to be determined. They had a third, third overall pick. And he took Derek Stingley, which I like Stingley. I'm not sure that I liked him more than Sauce Gardner. And again, this isn't really a pick for this year because I don't care how good you are as a corner. I don't care if you're coming out of college. I don't care if you're a six-year Pro Bowl veteran. If you ain't got a pass rush in front of you, is Derek Stingley going to be covering guys for six, seven seconds of pass play this year? Because he might have to. So if I'm a Houston fan, I'm not really judging him much at all as a rookie. But anyway, they took Stingley, and I personally, I mean, I like Sauce Gardner personally. And then they had another uh, pick in the first round, Kenyon Green, a guard. A guard who, quite, I, I think me and Aaron Quinn did one mock anyway, where I know we had him mocked to the Bills. It's not a bad pick. I mean, he, he's going to be a good bro. I think he's going to be a good starting left guard in the NFL for a while, but I would have taken Zion Johnson. So he took Stingley and Green over Sauce Gardner and Zion Johnson. I found that surprising. A uh, couple good picks beyond the first round. I like John Mechie. He was a second round pick, good receiver. Uh, Christian Harris in the third, a linebacker from Alabama. But anyway, I mean, you look at this roster, and it's, it's just not good. I mean, Davis Mills, you don't really have anyone to throw the ball to. After Brandon Cooks, got Nico Collins, Chris Conley. Yeah. Offensive line is pretty weak, although, I mean, Larry Tunsil and Kenyon Green, that does make a good left side of the line. And, uh, you know, a lot of work to do on the defense, even with the addition of Stingley. I mean, Stingley and Steve Nelson will be a nice corner tandem, if nothing else. But anyway, I got Houston uh, on their own little island here on, on the sixth tier. So moving on to tier five, I got two teams. Uh, and I'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who last year... Only went 3-14 and 14 and ended up with the topic of the draft. Now, I'll give them this much. They, uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of changes in Jacksonville this offseason, obviously starting with the head coach. But, I mean, beyond that, they went nuts early in free agency signing players. Uh, they signed DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going on the wrong team, my bad. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, three pass catchers right off the bat, day one of free agency. I remember the first couple of hours of free agency. Oh, they added a guard, Brandon Scherf, pretty good guard too. So they added some talent. And I obviously, I like Trevor Lawrence. They got some talent on offense, but again, another team that's got a, got a long way to go. Uh, when it comes to the draft, they had a top overall pick. A pick that will probably, not probably, it will be scrutinized for quite some time. They took Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. 
Uh, they grabbed Devin Lloyd, a linebacker that I do like a lot near the end of the first. I think he slid down a little bit because of some medical. But anyway, you look at the Jacksonville roster and, uh, I mean, I expect Trevor Lawrence to take a step in year two. And by the way, let's not forget Travis Etienne didn't even play as a rookie last year. He's a first round pick and exciting running back. So they'll have him this year with James Robinson. So an exciting backfield. And again, Kirk and Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones Jr. I should say was Zay Jones. Evan Ingram, I mean, there's guys who could catch the ball there. I don't know that you got any standouts, by the way. I think uh, LaVishka Chenault is still with them, too. But the offensive line is not good. And uh, I would think that they're hoping, anyway, the strength of their defense is going to be their two Russian ends, uh, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen last year, who Bills fans, besides just the name, they got to know him very well. Because, I mean, he absolutely terrorized the Bills last year. If he plays like that more often, be a hell of a player. And, and again, I like Devin Lloyd, but as a whole, this is just not a team that's, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see any scenario where they, they went three and 14 last year. Maybe they win six games this year. Maybe they go seven and 10. I could see that at best, but I think that's their realistic ceiling. And then the other team I got in my fifth tier is the New York Jets, four and 13 last year. Now, I want to be really careful when I say this. Unlike some of these other lower tier teams like Houston or even Jacksonville, I mean, I named off a bunch of players that they added. Don't necessarily mean they're standout good players. The New York Jets do not lack for young talent. This team's got a lot of good young talent. Uh, this offseason, I thought they had a pretty good, productive, uh, practical free agency. That's the word I was looking for. I mentioned him with Jacksonville, but I meant the Jets. They signed DJ Reed, a defensive back. Uh, Jordan White, Whitehead is safety. They added uh, CJ Uzuma, a good tight end from Cincinnati. I think he's going to help their offense. Tyler Conklin, another tight end. But it's been the draft over the last two years that I think has really given the Jets a lot of good young talent. They had four picks, I think, in the first 35 this year, and I, I feel like they crushed they got Sauce Gardner with the fourth pick, a guy that I personally, again, I thought he was the top corner. I thought he should have went before Stingley, but that's a good pick for the Jets. Now, unlike Stingley, who's going to Houston in a bad situation because I don't think they have any kind of pass rush, I think the Jets got some guys on their defensive line who can get after the quarterback. So I like Sauce Gardner there. Then they come back with the 10th pick, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I love that kid. Quite possibly the best wide receiver in this draft class. You add him, you add Jermaine Johnson, another, again, pass rusher late in the first round, a guy who really slid down. I mean, this was, this was somebody that almost every mock I saw going right up to the draft had him going somewhere in the top 10 to 12. He slides all the way down there in the end of the first round. And then in the second round, a guy that Bills fans became very, very familiar with during this process, running back Brees Hall. There, were a, there was lots of talk about the Bills potentially taking him in the first round. Obviously, they didn't. Brissall goes to the second round, and the Jets grab him. I think that's a freaking fantastic pick for the New York Jets. They also had a Jeremy Rucker, a tight end that I like as well. That's a hell of a haul in a draft. And then you go back to last year, too. Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker, a stud right guard that I like a lot. There's a lot of talent on the New York Jets right now. A lot of it. You look at their skill position players, Brees Hall is going to be their RB1 with Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis. Those are three really good receivers. Denzel Mims is still in the mix too. Then you got C.G. Uzuma at tight end. Man, and that's a lot of skill on the offensive side. And the defensive side, Kyle Lawson got hurt and didn't really play last year. You got him now. You got just drafted Jermaine Johnson, Quinn Williams, Sheldon Rankins, C.J. Mosley. You add uh, Sauce Gardner, you put him in the backfield with Whitehead and Reed. There is a lot of talent on the New York Jets. So that said, why are they only in your fifth tier? Well, that's because I, I don't trust Zach Wilson. You're only as good as your quarterback. I don't care how many weapons you have. If your quarterback's not good, this team's not going anywhere. 
and I'm not sold on Zach Wilson whatsoever. I thought he was pretty lousy last year. Now, again, he's a rookie on a bad team that lack, lack talent. I, I get all that. Trust me, I do. But I still didn't like what I saw from him. I'm still not sure that he wasn't. Five quarterbacks won in the first round last year. He was the second overall pick. And I'm not sure that he wasn't the worst quarterback of those five. I think the Jets picked the wrong guy. I, w- I would have taken Lance. I would have taken Mac Jones. I definitely would have taken Justin Fields. It's just my take at this point. So I can't put the Jets any higher for all their talent until Zach Wilson proves that he's not a scrub, quite frankly. And maybe he will. Again, look, if we were doing this after year one with the Buffalo Bills, if this was a 2019 going into the 2019 season, uh, a tier ranking, Buffalo would have been low for a lot of the same reason. Josh Allen wasn't that great as a rookie. I don't, I'm not comparing Zach Wilson to Josh Allen. I don't think Zach Wilson is ever going to be Josh Allen. And again, I'm not really sold on Zach Wilson. I don't love him as a player. That's why I have him ranked low. But I will say, if he grows, if he develops, if he progresses, man, you're talking about a team that's got a lot of talent around them, around their quarterback. Hall, Moore, Davis, Wilson, Uzuma. A lot of weapons, man. A lot of weapons. If you're a New York Jets fan, at least you got something to be excited about. You just, you got to hope that uh, that Zach Wilson just doesn't turn out to be terrible. So anyway, those are my two teams in my fifth tier. Now we go to tier four. And I got four teams here. Now these are, obviously the first three teams are three teams in between tier six and tier five that I feel like have no realistic chance to uh, make a big impact this year. This four tier, these are teams that I think will meander around the playoffs. I, I, I think they'll be in the mix. I don't think any of these teams are locks, but I think they're teams that are in the mix for sure. Well, not for sure, because right now to lead off the fourth tier, I got the New England Patriots. And they were 10-7 and last year. They made the playoffs last year. And they were a good story last year. That said, and I might be in a Buffalo homer and and a Patriot hitter right now, last year was last year. I'm not very sold on this team at all. I don't think they're really that good. Uh, They went out. What did they do this offseason? So they added, uh, well, they brought back Malcolm Butler. Uh, They signed Ty Montgomery. They did trade for Devontae Parker, who, <laughs> I mean, you put him on the Patriots, he's probably their best receiver right now. I mean, they got him, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. It's like they got a bunch of number threes and number fours as a receiver. It's just like last year. I mean, this is not nothing new. Um, decent running game with Damian Harris, Stevenson. Uh, I believe they brought back James White too. But they didn't do a lot. And they traded away uh, Shaq Mason, a pretty good guard. You go to the draft. Cole Strange went at the end of the first round. We saw um, the pick was not received very well around the league. A lot of people think it was a reach. I really don't buy that. I trust that Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Anyway, but they drafted a guard, and I don't know, at best, I guess he maybe he replaces Shaq Mason. Now they took a wide receiver to Quan Thornton in the second round. Don't really care for him. A, a corner in the third, Marcus Jones. I don't know, man. I just look at this roster and I'm just, I'm not very impressed. I'm not very impressed. Not a lot of turnover last year. And look, they got to the playoffs again. Give them credit. They did get to the playoffs and they did win in Buffalo at some point early, semi-early in the season anyway. And then they got their asses kicked in the rematch and we all know what happened in the playoffs, which is kind of my thing. Like when it comes to the Buffalo Bills and them getting over to hump, to try to get, get past Kansas City. You know, they had to get faster. Last year, they said, all right, we got to get a better pass rush. So they go on, they draft two guys who could get after the passer. They were at least trying to get past over the hump. I don't see, if, if you're the New England Patriots, excuse me, by the way, I got a cough. I've been battling cold for the last few days now. If you're the New England Patriots right now, and you're trying to get over to Buffalo Bills, you're trying to beat them somehow, some way, wouldn't you say that the way to do that is to maybe add some D 
defense, some speed, some front seven, try to make life a little more uncomfortable for Josh Allen. The same Josh Allen that literally went into the playoffs and led the Bills on seven touchdown drives in seven opportunities against you. You go on and you get a guard and another so-so wide receiver. But again, Myers, Parker, Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, even if he's gone. Tyquan Thornton, I don't know. I just, if I'm the New England Patriots, I, would, I was going to add, I'd be adding to my defense. I'd be trying to do something to uh, slow down Josh Allen because you ain't going to outscore him. Not with this offense. And again, I'm not a big believer in Mac Jones. I do think he's better than Zach Wilson. And he's obviously in a better system than Zach Wilson. I don't know he's got more T. In fact, I know he doesn't. He got more talent around him. Zach Wilson has more talent now. But anyway, I'm just not that sold on the Patriots. That's, I guess that's what it comes down to. I think they were a little bit of a fluke last year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go from 10 to 7 or 10 and 7 to say 7 and 10 next year. Uh, next up on the list, Pittsburgh Steelers. I got them in the fourth tier as well. Uh, they went 9-7-1 last year. Big offseason moves. Well, not big, but very much uh, Bills related. They went out. They signed Mitch Trubisky to a two-year deal. Uh, they also signed Bills former Bills corner Levi Wallace to a two-year deal. They added Miles Jack, a linebacker uh, draft. They were the only team in the first round to take a quarterback. Kenny Pickett, he's, now, he's not going to come in and start. I don't think right away he's a rookie, but he'll compete. He'll get a shot sooner than later. So that's a, a semi-feature pick there with the Steelers with their first pick. Uh, George Pickens, wide receiver in the second round. Calvin Austin, the third. Another wide receiver in the fourth round. They lose uh, Juju Schuster. He goes to Kansas City. I think the Steelers got a decent amount of talent. They're, they're a competitive team. And I think the fourth tier here are competitive teams. Najee Harris was good as a rookie. Deontay Johnson, if he can stay healthy, is a good receiver. Chase Claypool, very inconsistent, but talented. They just drafted Pickens. Uh, Pat Freermuth is a good tight end. Offensive line, eh, pretty shaky. Like, you know, I mean, when is a Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line not shaky? And then, of course, you got one of the best players in the NFL in TJ Watt. They had Miles Jack to the defense. They re-signed Terrell Edmonds. Add uh, Levi Wallace. Mickey Fitzpatrick is one of the better safeties in the NFL. I think they're a team that's going to middle around the playoffs. They'll sniff. They'll be in the, they'll be getting sniffs near the end of the year for a wild card spot. Uh, moving on. Third out of four teams in this fourth tier, the Cleveland Browns. Eight and nine last year. What a chaotic offseason has been for the Cleveland Browns. And what a disappointment, by the way, before we even talk about this coming year, last year, let's Let's say not last year. There were a lot of people, myself included, who thought the Browns were a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And by God, that was not the case. And Baker Mayfield is a significant part of the reason, but not the only reason. Just a dysfunctional, chaotic organization, quite frankly, at this point. But anyway, all right, so a busy offseason for them. They trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, they trade for Chase Winovich. Uh, they sign Hayden Hurst. And then, of course, the big, big trade, crazy trade, Deshaun Watson. They get Deshaun from Houston. And by the way, they signed Jacoby Brissett, who will be his backup and will start some games because Deshaun's definitely going to get suspended uh, before the season starts. So I shouldn't say Jacoby Brissett's definitely going to start because who knows what the hell happens with uh, Baker Mayfield. But yeah, man, they gave up three first-round picks, a third next year, and a fourth in 2024 to, to land Deshaun Watson, who will be suspended at least to start the year. Just a very, again, a chaotic, crazy offseason for uh, the Browns. Now, the draft, they really didn't get a chance to do much because, again, they traded the first and their second. They got Martin Emerson, a corner who I do like a lot, in the third and a defensive end as well in the third, Alex Wright, who I think is pretty good. You look at the Browns, and they remain to me an enigma. Who knows? First of all, who knows what we're going to get with Deshaun Watson? Who knows when he's going to play? And who knows what he's going to be. It hasn't what, been probably a year, year and a half since he's played a game when he does return. I mean, the, the, the Browns got the best one-two running back punch in the NFL. Bar none. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's not even really debatable. You got Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones was all right. 
last year. Uh, David Nkoju is is a good tight end. I always butcher his last name. Uh, the offensive line's pretty good, led by former Buffalo Bill Wyatt Teller. So there's talent, obviously, on the defensive end or the defensive side. Miles Garrett's one of the best players in the NFL. They did trade for Chase Winovich. Um, you know, Greg Newsom was a corner that I really liked a lot last year. Denzel Ward. So the Browns got, they don't lack for talent in this, uh, you know, on this defense, in the secondary specifically. I just, it's a chaotic organization right now and an organization that's probably going to go anywhere from five to six to maybe eight games or even more without Deshaun Watson this year. That could put him out of the hunt before he even steps on the field. So I don't got Cleveland any higher than the fourth tier right now. And then the last team, and this might be a bit of a surprise. Some people might think I should have them up in the third tier, but I'm going to put the Tennessee Titans in the fourth tier. They were 12-5 and five last year. And again, another pretty busy or significant offseason for Tennessee. They trade for Robert Woods, a player I like a lot, but a guy who's coming off a torn ACL. Um, they, they signed Austin Hooper a tight end that I do like. So they added some pieces, but then they traded away A.J. Brown on draft night to Philadelphia. So they lose their best receiver in large part because they didn't want to pay him. Which, by the way, as a Buffalo Bills fan, if you're a Bills fan right now, you're like, good. Because A.J. Brown is a beast. Not fun to deal with him when you're a Buffalo Bills defense. He's gone. So thank you, Tennessee, very much. And they also got Julio Jones. Who isn't the same player that he was, but he's still Julio Jones, man. Um, the draft, I like their draft, actually. Their first two picks, anyway. Traylon Burks is a wide receiver, one that I like. Um, he's basically going to be the guy they try to replace A.J. Brown. They call him A.J. Brown Light. And then Roger McCreary's a corner in the second round they got that I like a lot. But I don't know, man. I, and Look, if he can stay healthy, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back in the NFL. I would normally say absolutely, but Jonathan Taylor might have something to say at this point about that. But Derrick Henry's a beast. But then, I mean, again, you lose A.J. Brown, and that's rough. That's hard to replace. It's a lot to put on Traylon Burks and a lot to put on Robert Woods is coming off an injury. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be very competitive. They did lose also, by the way, Roger Saffold to the Bills, uh, their starting guard last year. So there's question marks on the offensive line. I think losing A.J. Brown and not having Julio Jones out there hurts Ryan Tannehill. And I don't know. I, I, you can run a little bit more. I think the Bills respected Ryan Tannehill a little bit too much when they've played him in the last couple times. And Derrick Henry's kind of went a little bit nuts on him. Defense, all right. It's all right. Caleb Farley and McCreary could make for a good young corner tandem. Uh, Kevin Baird's one of the best safeties in the entire NFL. Harold Landry, pretty good pass rusher. So, I mean, there's talent there, but I'm still not completely sold on Tennessee. And uh, I think losing A.J. Brown was something that they're going to live to regret this year. So, anyway, I got them in the fourth tier. I'm going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back with tiers three, two, and then one. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back here and we are putting every team in the AFC into one of six tiers. We've already done tier six, tier five, and tier four. So now we are down to tier three. And I got four teams in tier three. And right off the bat, a team that the Buffalo Bills are going to see up front and personal twice this year. They see them twice every year. I got the Miami Dolphins in tier three. Nine and eight last year. They were freaking horrible early in the season. And then they caught fire at the end of the year. Damn, they made the playoffs. This is a team that's got talent and added a lot of talent this offseason. So. They revamped the running back position. They signed Chase Edmonds, a running back from Arizona that I like a lot. I think he's going to be a good fit there. And Rasim uh, Mostart, a running back from Frisco. So they changed the running back room. They get uh, at wide receiver Cedric Wilson Jr. from Dallas, a guy I like plenty. And then, of course, the big one. They swung the trade and they landed Tyreek Hill, which just came out of nowhere. That was just shocking. I'm like, damn. Then you got Mike Kosecki, who's literally one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So you want to talk about weapons? I mean, we did it with the Jets. You got Chase Edmonds, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, who is a fantastic young player. Man, he was good as a rookie last year for the Dolphins. Cedric Wilson Jr., again, a guy I like. And Kosecki. Those are weapons, man. Woo. They didn't really do anything with the draft because they didn't have a pick to the third round, but they did get Shannon Tunnell, a linebacker who might have a chance to come in and play right away. Of course, Miami's secondary. I mean, you know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, arguably one of the best corner tandems in the NFL. Christian Wilkins, his fifth-year option was exercised. They got Ogba. They got, there's talent on the defense, too. Not as much. Jalen Phillips was a first-round pick just a year ago. I mean, there's plenty of talent on the defense too, but this offense is dangerous. Now, just like the Jets and just like the uh, the Jaguars and the Patriots, it's like, how far can your quarterback bring you? That's what it's all about with Tua. How far can he bring you? By the way, I should mention they did sign Teddy Bridgewater too. So, I mean, if Tua fades early on, Teddy Bridgewater might be starting pretty early. Now, I think Tua's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Quite frankly, I think he's a better quarterback than Mac Jones, too. I think Miami, which, by the way, Mike McDaniel, new head coach, a more offensive-minded head coach, he's going to design some concepts with that offense. This is a dangerous football team. That's what I'm getting at here. This is a dangerous football team that is probably good quarterback play away from being a legitimate AFC contender, quite frankly. All the other pieces are in place. They can run the ball. They got speed at running back. They got guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Jalen Waddell was already a stud. Cedric Wilson is underrated. And then you add Tyreek Hill. Bill's killer, Tyreek Hill. Man, it was pretty, it was not fun to see Tyreek Hill get traded. It was great to see him get traded from the Chiefs. The rumors came out. We were like, yes, 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 yes. Good news. Then he goes to the Dolphins. Not good news. I mean, I'd still rather have him with the Dolphins and the Chiefs, to be quite honest with you. But that said, man, it would have been nice if we could have went to the Packers, the 49ers, or somewhere in the other conference. This is a dangerous football team. I'm not sold on Tua, but I'm also not as low on him as many of you are out there. Many Bills fans think this guy sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's a different type of quarterback. He's not a gunslinger. But I think he could be a patient, accurate thrower of the football who can get his receivers the ball in space to give them opportunities to get yards after the catch. This is a dangerous football team, folks. That's why I got them in the third tier. They could be, they're borderline tier two as well, by the way. 
So yeah, I got Miami there. Then I got the Raiders. Raiders went 10 and seven last year. Pretty big offseason for them too. I mean, that's becoming, you know, in the NFL, it's, it's almost like uh, it's a rarity when you don't have a big offseason, ain't it? The Raiders signed Chandler Jones, a guy Bills fans wanted a lot. Now, this, the, the sting didn't stick with the Bills when Chandler Jones went to the Raiders for very long because later that day, well, we all know how that played out with Vaughn Miller. But anyway, Chandler Jones goes to the Raiders. I, that's a huge addition. You put him with Max Crosby, man, that is a formidable bookend pass rush right there. And then, of course, the big news. And again, a shocker seemingly out of nowhere. Devontae Adams gets traded from the Packers to the Raiders. So basically, when you look at the Raiders from this year to last year, a team, by the way, that made the playoffs last year and damn near beat Cincinnati. It's a good team, man. And you look at last year, and you basically traded Devontae Adams for Zay Jones when you look at the offense. That's what you did. Because Hunter Renfro still there. Brian Edwards is there. Dan Waller's there. Now out is Zay Jones to Jacksonville. And in is Devontae Adams. You got Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. They can run the ball. They drafted Zamir White. I like him a lot. Uh, Dylan Parham, a guard in the third round. I really wanted the Bills to take him. I think he's got a chance to come in and start right away as a rookie. Now there's holes on the Raiders' defense. And I don't think the addition of Chandler Jones, him and Crosby alone, is going to make that defense good, so to speak. But man, Derek, and Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Derek Carr is better than a lot of people give him credit for. This is, an, again, this is a very formidable team. And I should have talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. You already know this. The AFC is loaded. There are a lot of teams that have an opportunity to win this conference. And if you're getting into this third tier here, starting with Miami and the Raiders, and you can even argue Tennessee in the fourth tier. From this point on, these are all teams that have the talent on paper. And if some things go their way, that they could be there standing at the end. Uh, two more teams in my third, or my third tier. One is the Indianapolis Colts. They went nine and eight last year, missed the playoffs, completely embarrassing. Losing to Jacksonville in the last week, all they had to do was win. And they, they didn't just lose to Jacksonville. They got fucking spanked by Jacksonville. It was just completely and utterly embarrassing. And they did something about it. Um, they traded for Matt Ryan. They traded Carson Wentz. So they swapped out Matt Ryan for Carson Wentz. And Matt Ryan is not the Matt Ryan of old. The Matt Ryan that very likely could end up in Canon someday. But Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Quite frankly, when his game's off, if you're listening to this podcast at home or wherever you are, you're an upgrade over Carson Wentz. So they upgraded the quarterback position, which last time I checked, that's pretty goddamn important. And it's especially important when you've got a good team around you. You got, again, I said this earlier, if Derrick Henry's not the best running back in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor is. They run the ball. And they run the ball behind a fantastic offensive line. Arguably one of the best in the NFL. Michael Pittman Jr. looked really good as a rookie last year. He could catch the ball. And then they drafted Alec Paris in the fourth round this year. I like him a lot. He could have been a, in fact, he was a second runner. I, I'm sorry about that. This is a receiver that I like a lot. I think he's a great draft addition for the Colts. Pittman and Paris, don't sleep on that little tandem right there. They can catch the ball. This offense is well-rounded. And they're not so bad on defense either, folks. And he also signed Stephon Gilmore. He's going to help. And they also traded for, uh, I, I got I, I never pronounce this guy's name right. I've been saying it for years, too. Yannick Nakaja, you know what I'm talking about. The former Jags defensive end, former Vikings defensive end. This guy could get after you, man. DeForest Buckner is one of the better defensive players in the NFL. I love Darius Leonard. This team is solid across the board. They added good veterans. And they had the talent, I think, on paper to make a long run. Again, there's not a real 
flaw on this team. I mean, they don't have a lot of proven wide receivers, but they got talent. And if Matt Ryan hasn't fallen off a cliff, I, I think this team is going to be in the very much in the mix when it comes to AFC this year. All right, last team for my third tier, I got Denver Broncos. I mean, Denver Broncos only went 7-10 and 10 last year, and I got them up all the way at the top of my third tier, virgin on being on tier two. Well, why is that? Pretty simple, folks. There wasn't a team in the NFL last year that suffered from horrifically shitty quarterback play than the Denver Broncos. And I say that because this offense had everything else. Javante Williams, combined with Melvin Gordon, who, by the way, did resign recently with Denver, right up there, maybe behind only Cleveland, is having the best one-two running back tandem in the NFL. I love Javante Williams. And I love the receivers. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Those guys are good. Really good. And then you go out and you swing the trade, a big trade for Russell Wilson. That is a blockbuster. You went from basically Drew Locke to Russell Wilson. That's four to five wins right there. You won seven games with shit quarterback last year. You get Russell Wilson, that, that's four or five more wins this year. I'm telling you right now. That offense is loaded. That offense of Russell Wilson right now, Russell Wilson probably has as much talent on this Denver team as he's had in Seattle. Maybe even on the team that he won the Super Bowl with. Maybe the offensive line's not quite as good in Denver, but these skill position guys and those two running backs, every bit is good. And Denver's got some talent on defense, led, of course, by Bradley Chubb. Old buddy Ronald Darby is also, uh, he's signed with Denver. He's there. I like Kareem Jackson a lot. I love Justin Simmons. There's some good talent on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Nick Benito is a, a second-round draft pick this year that I like a lot, too. Uh, don't be sleeping on him, man. He's, good, he's, a good, he's a good end guy. So that's my third tier. Now I'm down to tier two, and I got two teams here, and then we got three at the top. Uh, so tier two, the first of two teams, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Eight and nine last year. I, this team, again, we talked about if there was a team that suffered from shitty quarterback play more than Denver. Well, there wasn't a team in the NFL that suffered from injuries more than the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens were just absolutely ravaged with injuries last year. Wiped them out. Literally wiped them out. Wiped, back, or wiped out the running back room. Wiped out the defense, the secondary ultimately wiped out Lamar Jackson and wiped out their season. This is a damn good football team, man. A damn good football team. Uh, they go out, they sign Marcus Williams. I love Marcus Williams. Big signing there. Uh, Morgan Moses on the offensive line. Calais Campbell, a very proven defensive lineman. Uh, the, and, and then for, come on, I mean the draft. Holy shit. Why does the draft always seem to fall Baltimore's way? Like great players always slip and then the slide always ends with the Ravens getting players way, way, way lower than what their value is. It's just crazy to me. Kyle Hamilton, for months and months, I kept hearing, top three player won't get out of the top five. Well, guess what he did? He goes all the way to 14. For the, he finally falls, and the Ravens pounce on him at 14. A Tyler Linderbaum, best center in the draft, by far, a guy many thought was a top 15 prospect, he lasts to the end of the first round. Uh, David Ojabu from Michigan, who um, suffered an Achilles injury, and that's the only reason why he wasn't a top 15 pick. Baltimore gets him in the second round. Travis Jones, a defensive tackle in round three. I mean, you got to be kidding me with this draft. They lose Hollywood Brown. They did trade him for that extra first, which turned in, I think, to Tyler Linderbaum after they... Traded down with Buffalo, actually, two spots. So they're going to have to rely on Rashad Bateman. If there's a, a flaw on this team, and there is a flaw on this team, it's wide receiver, as of now, at least anyway. Again, don't be surprised if Baltimore makes a move and they add to that room before our training camp. Anyway, this team, <laughs> they're good. And I'll tell you right now, that defense, holy shit, man. That defense is unbelievably good. Talented. Uh... Jason Owa, well, Dafe Owa, I should say now. 
the guy that the Bills pass over for Rizzo, who, who they're both good, so I'm not going to compare that, but he's a good player. Patrick Queen is a beast. I, I mentioned they signed Campbell, but the strength of this team, when they're healthy, and they weren't last year, is I think this team has the best secondary in the NFL. Marcus Peters injured last year. Marlon Humphrey injured last year. Marcus Williams, they add. Kyle, Williams, Kyle uh, Hamilton, they draft. To me, that's probably the best secondary in the entire NFL. They got a great defense. They can run the football. J.K. Dobbins will be back. Uh, Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. We all know that. And then Lamar Jackson, who was an MVP a couple of years ago, healthy. Probably playing for a mega, mega, mega contract. This is a, this is a championship caliber football team, folks. Not a lot of flaws. Again, Rashad Bateman, that's your number one receiver. They might try to add to that. I could see them doing something, trade, something before the season starts to add to that. But even if they don't, this team is right there amongst the best in, uh, in the conference. And then the other team in tier two, which is also right there to me, is the Los Angeles Chargers. At nine and eight, didn't make the playoffs last year. But again, another team that's just, I mean, you want to talk about a team that on paper, at least, is, is just completely loaded. Uh, look no further than, than the Los Angeles Chargers. They go out. So the big move they made this offseason was they traded for Khalil Mack. Now you got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Are you kidding me? Getting after the quarterback. Um, and then they added J.C. Jackson, a very good corner from New England, who was very good unless he was playing against Stephon Diggs. But he played very good against everybody else. Big time signing for the Chargers. So that defense got solidified. And then they added uh, Gerald Everett, a tight end from Seattle, a guy who I think is pretty low-key that I like a lot. But anyway, they didn't need a lot on offense because you got Austin Eckler, you got Keenan Allen. You want to talk about weapons? We, we Again, we've run through some teams and their weapons. Well, how about this for the Chargers? Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Jalen Guyton. I like DeAndre Carter a lot. By the way, another rookie they drafted, Isaiah Spiller, a running back that uh, many talked about, but just going to the Bills in the second or third round. He goes to the Chargers. Team's just loaded with weapons. And here's the difference between them and the Jets and the Jaguars and some of these other teams that we've talked about having weapons, but is Miami, how's the quarterback's going to be? Guess what? Justin Herbert is that guy. He is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He is still growing. He still may get better. And if he does, that's scary. This offense is loaded with talent with a great quarterback. And then again, you go on the other side of the ball, you got Bosa and Mack now. Um, and their secondary, I just said Baltimore had the best secondary in the NFL. The Chargers low-key have potentially one of the better secondaries in the NFL as well. Asante Samuel Jr. was really good last year as a corner. Him and J.C. Jackson, that's nice. And then Derwin James, man, this is a loaded team. The Chargers should, could, and probably will be right there uh, amongst the top teams in the AFC this year. Again, 9-8 last year, I would be shocked if they're not significantly better this year and challenging for a, in a loaded AFC West. I mean, <laughs> what a gunfight that's going to be, of course. But And they got, they got a real chance to, to be a special team this year. And that brings us to our final three teams here. This is the, the top tier. These are the teams that I think right now, currently, as things stand, are the three best teams in the AFC. Uh, let's start with Kansas City. 12-5 and five last year. And yeah, look, they lost Tyreek Hill. That hurts. If you're a Bills fan, as much as it sucks that he went to Miami, you're more excited that he's not a Chief anymore. Because this guy just absolutely owned the Buffalo Bills and changed the entire way they tried to play defense with the Chiefs. Because I think it became obvious in the playoffs last year, and actually the last two years, that Leslie Frazier and just the way they defended this team in the playoffs, they were scared. And I know Tyreek Hill had a ton to do with that. As he should, because he torched them. Tyreek Hill being gone is huge. And then they also say goodbye to the Honey Badger, who I believe just signed with the New Orleans Saints. So they lost guys. They signed 
Juju Schuster. They got Marquez uh, Valdez Scanling. Good receivers. But man, they ain't <laughs> they ain't Tyree Kill, right? They ain't Tyree Kill. And they did draft Sky Moore in the second round, who by the way is like a potentially another mini Tyree Kill. So they still got they're loaded. And that's why they're in the top tier. But they lost guys for sure. But when you look at this offense, <laughs> you got to give them the respect they deserve. This team went to two straight Super Bowls and the AFC Championship last year. So they've been to at least the AFC Championship three straight years. Four straight years because they lost to the Patriots four years ago. Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I say arguably because I think Josh Allen's right in that conversation now. And he's one of the biggest winners in the NFL. The guy just wins. He's elite. He deserves respect. And Travis Kelsey, bar none, is the best tight end in the NFL. So you add you just them two. And you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones Jr., a guy they, they signed. They can run the ball. And they don't got bum receivers. Schuster ain't a bum. Scaling ain't a bum. Sky Moore could be good. McCall, McCall Hardman is pretty good. And they got a good offensive line. Creed Humphrey, stud rookie last year, center for them. He's already one of the best linemen in the NFL. And then on the defensive side, they, they addressed big time in the, in the draft. Trent McDuffie, a guy that a lot of Bills fans would have loved to got in their hands on at corner. The Chiefs got him at pick 21. They moved up to get him. Uh, George Carroll Afidis, the, the defensive end, he's a, he, he's a good player. He's a Trey Hendrickson clone is what I'm hearing about him. Then, of course, you got Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Uh, so there's some... There's some talent there to be had uh, on the defensive side. There's still, I, I still don't think they're a really good defensive unit. Justin Reed was another addition that they got this offseason. And they got a lot to prove. Losing Tyree Kill. Can they, can they overcome that? A lot of people thought they maybe they're taking a step back this year to not have to pay Tyree Kill, get those draft uh, capital and bill for the future and be better off in the future. Well, they still might be better off right now, too. They're still a good football team. And again, like it or not, um, they deserve the respect of being in the top tier. And, you know, hey, I don't think I don't think they're better than the Bills last year. In fact, I know they weren't. But at the end of the day, I don't care who screwed up, whatever. The bottom line is the Chiefs beat the Bills in the playoffs. So they're tier one for me. Second team is the Cincinnati Bengals. I probably like what the Bengals have done this offseason as much or more than any team in the NFL. It's not about how many guys they signed. It's about what they did to improve their football team. This is a team, let's not forget, and we spend so much time talking about the Bills, of course, and the Chiefs, maybe the Ravens or whatever. Cincinnati Bengals won the AFC last year, folks. They went to the Super Bowl last year, and they could have won the Super Bowl. This team's good. And they had one weakness. There was one part about this roster last year that sucked. And that was the offensive line. The offensive line was weak as shit. So what do they do? They take their resources. They go out and they sign Alex Kappa, a guard from Tampa, a fantastic guy. You bam, you plug him in on the right side right away. There's your right guard. Speaking of the right side, Leo Collins, bam. There's your right tackle. They go out, they get him in free agency. Now all of a sudden, that right side of the line is really good. And then they show up the middle with Ted Karras, the center. Three-fifths of the offensive line overhauled in free agency. Bam, just like that. Good players, good proven veteran players, not rookie projects. Not rookie projects. So you take that offense and you got Joe Mixon running the ball, and you got Jamar Chase, who, I mean, what more is there to say about a rookie? God, he's so good, man. I'm almost at a loss for words how good Jamar Chase is. One of the best rookie seasons I've ever seen. T. Higgins is good. Tyler Boyd is good. They lose uh, Ozama to the Jets, but they sign Hayden Hurst, so they still got a pretty good tight end. And then, of course, Joey Burrow, who, by the way, last year was his second full season, or his second season, his first real full 16 or 17-week season. He's going to get even better. He's going to even get better. And their defense is pretty damn good. Well, it's decent enough. Trey Hendrickson, one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. I like DJ Reader a lot, Sam Hubbard. But 
what I really loved about the Bengals too, I loved how they addressed offensive line and I love what they did in the draft. I love what they did in the draft. You want to beat the Bills? You want to beat the Chiefs? You want to beat the Chargers? You better get some guys who can defend the pass, right? So they go out, Jackson Hill, first round pick safety. Love that kid. Would have liked to have seen him go under the Bills, quite frankly. Cam Taylor Britt, a guy Aaron Quinn and I took in all five of our Buffalo Bills mock drafts. All five. He goes to the Bengals in round two. Daxon Hill, Cam Taylor Britt, two, if not day one starters, two relatively soon starters in that secondary. This is a team, man. <laughs> Don't sleep on the Bengals. And it's crazy to say a team that won the AFC, people are sleeping on them. Well, I think people are sleeping on them because everyone's picking the Bills. Everyone's picking the Chiefs still. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to be right there. They're right there with the cream of the crop, which brings us to the last team, that's the Buffalo Bills. And look, it's easy to say that because this is a talking Buffalo podcast, literally a Buffalo podcast. But I'm being completely honest, folks. This is not me being Homer. No Homer Moran here. This seems just, it's almost flawless right now. On paper. On paper. Vaughn Miller is such a big signing. He's a big signing on the field. And I think he's a big signing off the field. I think he matters in that locker room. I think he's going to matter to Greg Rizzo. I think he's going to matter to Boogie Basham. It's going to matter to everyone out there on that defense. I wouldn't worry and put too much stock in what numbers he puts out, especially like the halfway point of the season when he's only got three sacks and people are like, oh, not worth the money. Don't believe that bullshit, man. If Von Miller stays healthy, he's going to make this team better and he's going to play his best football when it matters the most. And that's what the Bills have lacked in the postseason. Guys on defense. That will make the big plays when it matters most on the defensive side of the football in the playoffs. That is why you go out and you get Vaughn Miller. He's a game changer. He really is a game changer for the Bills. Besides that, I like what else they did too. Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, they lose Harrison Phillips. I like Tim Settle a lot. I think he might be better than Harrison Phillips in a different way. Uh, I like Daquan Jones a lot. They bring back Shaq Lawson. They bring back Jordan Phillips. Decent depth, good stories. Not sure how much of an impact those guys will have. I love OJ Howard. I think is he, don't look at his, you know, is how many catches he going to have or this and that. Look at it as they had Tommy Sweeney. Now they had OJ Howard. That's your tight end too. Because Dawson Knox is a stud. That's a big time upgrade having OJ Howard. And I like Jameson Crowder. I like Cole Beasley. I think Cole Beasley is a good player. And I think he got treated rather shitty because some of it's deserved. I mean, I don't want to need to get into his uh, social stances and stuff like that. But whatever. The, the guy's a good football player. And I'm not thrilled that they lost him. But given the fact that he was getting six and a half million, I think Jameson Crowder's getting like two. I think Jameson Crowder could give him just good production. And then you turn to the draft. I, and by the way, this is a team that last year many thought was the best roster in the NFL. And it's a, a roster that lost Harrison Phillips, Levi Wallace, and Cole Beasley. Pretty good players, but replaceable. And I think the Bills already have replaced them. Turn to the draft. Kyrie Elam, probably going to start from day one. Not my favorite corner. I would have preferred that they went up and got Trent McDuffie. But he's a toolsy guy, and I know why the Bills liked him. It makes sense. So I'm not going to criticize the pick. Love James Cook in the second round for a role. He's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's going to create matchup nightmares for the defense. He's going to make it even harder for defenses uh, to be able to defend Josh Allen. So I like to pick a lot. This is on paper at this point, a pretty much flawless football team. Von Miller adds to the pass rush. They already had the number one defense in the NFL. Choke job against Kansas City in the playoffs, notwithstanding. You got them all back. You lose Levi Wallace, you get Kyrie Elam, and then you add Vaughn Miller. So the defense on paper is even better. Ditto for the offense, because I think Crowder and Beasley are a wash. Gabe Davis, we even mentioned, I think he's ready to become a superstar receiver in this NFL. I really do, and not just because he went nuts in, in Kansas City. I think Saffold at guard is a slight upgrade over Darrell Williams. 
And then Josh Allen is going to continue to grow. So the Bills are number one, and I think they're number one for a reason. Well, I shouldn't say that because these aren't power rankings. These are tiers. The Bills are in the top tier, one of three teams in the top tier for a reason. All right, folks, so that's going to do it for this episode. It's still almost one an hour. I was stupid enough to think I was going to go 35, 40 minutes to be able to get this done. But once you start getting into it and talk about 16 teams, uh, time just seems to fly. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I'd love to know your takes on these. Like, where are these teams? How would you tear them? Where was I off? I'd love to know, hear your thoughts. Tweet at me, at Pamoran Tweets, or send me an email, talkaboutfullpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. Um, I see it all the time. It means the world to me that you guys spend whatever amount of minutes during your day giving this podcast a listen. I, I don't take that lightly. I promise you that. Anyway, I will be back with a brand new episode, uh, Casual Friday. Joe Yurden will be talking Bill's Draft. We'll be talking Sabres. Just had season end impressors for Don Granado, Kevin Adams. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Sabres attendance. We'll do our starting five draft. Tons of stuff coming up with my man Joe Yurden on Friday. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>